this morning we're taking back up an old sermon series. Uh, from time to time we go through a sermon series called Why? Why the cross? Why did Jesus have to die? Why the resurrection? Why did the Father have to raise him? Why the incarnation? Why this past summer? Why Pentecost? Why, why was the Holy Spirit sent? And over these next couple of weeks together we're going to be looking at why salvation? What, what was the Father's intention? What was, what was it he was wanting to gift to us, to impart uh, to us? So over several weeks, we're not just going to be looking at the whole of Scripture, but also especially to Paul. Uh, in my devotional readings, a lot of times that doesn't translate to sermons, but it is this time. Just what do we see the Spirit saying through Paul to, to Timothy, to Titus, to the churches about this great salvation that was won for us? Now this morning, we're just going to go... To the, to the center of the issue. We're going to just talk about two things of why we're saved that are just core uh, as to why Christ came. He came to save sinners, and he came to gift us heaven forever. And you see that here in this, this passage. Uh, that's the core. But before we get into that, as you heard Steve read this morning, we want to just give glory to the Lord who made that so. And just spend time each week, not just seeing what we can experience in salvation, but what does this reveal to us about Jesus? What does it say to us about our Savior? And it's all over these passages this morning. We don't have time to go through all of his activities in Paul's life. Righteous judgment, appointing of Paul, the strength that he gifted to Paul. And he'll still do those things for his followers. But in verse 16, it's his patience. His perfect patience with Paul if you look at verse 13, blasphemer, persecutor, insolent opponent, you go to the book of Acts, and not only does he give approval to Stephen's uh, uh, murder, but then later in Acts, you've got him going house to house to grab even more Christians and to ca- take them to prison. That Paul, that one, Jesus was perfectly patient with him. And so when we made our confession this morning, when we come to this table, we can't count ourselves out. Is always putting his perfect patience on display. When we get to read, and I had it read, Sarah and I had it read at our weddings, maybe you had it read, 1 Corinthians 13. It's a, it's a beautiful word about marital love. It's a beautiful word about love between believers. It's a beautiful word about love we should have in friendship and how that love should be put on display. It's a, it's a great word of how we should love people on the margins or people who don't know Jesus. But it's really a picture of this is God's love. This is how he loves. Jesus hopes all things, endures all things. His love never fails. He never acts unbecomingly. He is kind and he is patient with you. And so when we come this morning to this table, there is forgiveness here. And those are the two things to see this morning. And you see it in Paul's life. He's speaking yes to Christ and his character and his heart, but reminding us again, we've been saved. Christ came to save sinners, to bless us with forgiveness. And again, he owns that here. Uh, you see it in verse 15. He says, I, uh, not only Jesus came to save sinners, but uh, um, and then you go through verse 15, he says, I am, as I think Steve said, the worst. Some translations say, I am the foremost of sinners. You say, preacher, you don't need to tell us that. I need to tell us that. Because sometimes our culture can miss that, our need for 
forgiveness. Or, or, or every other faith, I was talking with one of our students in the last couple of weeks, every other faith system in the world, religious system in the world, thinks you can get back to God through what you do. And here is a reminder, the only way to salvation is through forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And we have to see it. We have to see it. Our desperate need. Paul says, I am the worst. I've been swapping some stories with you all. I can't remember who it was. We were talking about just pew stories, right? And some of the fun in churches about who gets this pew or that pew. And I shared the story with some of y'all over the last couple of weeks about in one of my churches how we had a big family in and they, they took up three to four rows of the pews where we would sit a, a family for baptism. And I had an older woman in that congregation that came up to row three and said, this is my pew. Not my seat, my pew. And she moved the whole third row. And they had to go sit like, the full. The church was already full. She moved them all the way to the back. This is also the same person that when one of my middle-aged adults suddenly died one Sunday morning studying a Sunday school lesson and passed right there. And his wife obviously devastated. I'm in with the family during the private family time as we prepare for people. This is the same person that sneaks into that family time, walks right up to the widow and says, I volunteer at the library. You know, Vic had a book due and it's, it's late. I want you to know I took care of it, okay? Couldn't see. No social awareness. Couldn't see how awkward that moment was or the couldn't see it and our culture can't see their need sometimes we can be light about sin and Paul says I'm the worst let me quote David for you let me go back to the Psalms there is none righteous not even one there's none who do good Uh, Psalm 14 I believe so just this reminder here as we come to this table maybe it's for the first time to say yes to Jesus you have come to save even me and would you ask would you repent and believe would you turn and believe and he'll give you his grace but maybe for some of us to see again the importance of not just confession because he's faithful and just to forgive us but maybe to to come to this table and and it's just to say, Lord, I've, I've grown tired and I need your forgiveness for not doing the things I ought to do. Maybe I've been careless with my mouth. I've, I've slipped in my devotion. And to come to this table and receive his perfect patience and grace anew. And then this last promise. Uh, we don't have time this morning. Verse 16. Not only does he say he'll bless us with forgiveness, but he'll bless us with heaven. And you just see through all Paul's epistles, Colossians 1.5, the hope laid up for you in heaven. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven. 2 Timothy 4.18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Over, over these weeks, I wish we had more time to talk about it. Dr. Andy Miller, where are you, Andy? Andy's written a great curriculum on heaven. It's free. We've bought it for our church. So if you want it with your small group or Sunday school, I'm going to put the burden on him. He'll teach you on that. I've got to get to communion. But that's the great news. Not just forgiven now, but for someday with him forever. But what I want us to do over these weeks is not miss the in-between things. What you see in Paul's letters to his churches and to those he's mentoring is there's so much more that he wants to give to us. 
Not just to be forgiven for sin now. Not just to wait for the promise of someday. But what does he want to save you from or save you for now? And that'll be our focus over these weeks. But as we come to the table this morning, we praise God. We praise God for his great forgiveness for us in Christ if we rightly come to him with our confession. And we praise him as we will in this liturgy that there is a heavenly banquet waiting someday. And we can bank on that. There's a great hope in that. So come to this table. Whatever your need, bring it to the Lord. For Christ invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in in peace uh, with one another. As we come to this table, we remember that on the night in which Christ was betrayed, he took bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples, gave thanks to God, and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. After the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples, and said, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.